It's been previously reported that Entitletown was on vacation during the bye week, but that report was incorrect. The analytics told us not to record a regular podcast. I had no clue. We're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative. You're in some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yashramski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. All right, welcome back, everybody. The mothership is back on board. The party of five is here. I'll start with Mike on Route 1. Not a good couple of days of us last week, Mike, between Brandon Staley stepping on his dick with the Chargers Chiefs game, and then the Patriots losing to the Colts 27-17 to in a game that truly was uh, was both not close and then closer than the final score indicated. Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts after the Pats lost in Indianapolis? Yeah, I, I had a... Um from Thursday night on at the beginning of that, uh, that chargers game, I kind of had a feeling how that game was going to go. It was a, uh, you know, it almost felt like the Eagles super bowl to me where I was like, I know how this is ending. This is going to be a disaster. And it was just, there was nothing, there was nothing felt good about that. So heading into the, I I had after that, I was like, this is really, this is how they're going to get fucked out of the one seed. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking, but you know, it was, what I liked about it is they showed, you know, they brought their D minus game and they, they were in it, you know, they, they get us yeah. get that stop on, on second and eight. Uh, it's, they, they played the game, how they had to play it to, you know, Bill, Bill loves the horse race metaphors and, you know, they didn't have it, but, you know, he, they rode their race uh, when they got down big there and, you know, they, they had a chance. You get a stop there. It's different. Um, you know, now, now for me going forward, the, the concerns are worrying about the health. And if they came out of that healthy enough, if, if Aguilar and Bourne are good to go, uh, if Stevenson is okay. And, but that's been the last 10 years of rooting for the Patriots. This has just been, uh, you know, if they're healthy enough, they're going to, you know, be in the AFC championship game. So we'll see, uh, you know, I feel better now than I did uh, Saturday night, late Saturday night, but um, you know, thanks to, coach our, our friend down there in baltimore uh so uh you know coach we'll Harborough. see We're, yeah yeah so that, that's that I, I don't have many thoughts about about how it played out they, they brought their d minus game and they were in it that's it you know it was another tough weekend for the analytics crowd and we'll get into that dan what were your impressions of the the pats loss in indy you know the same stuff mike was saying uh, they there's no excuses for it they 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 played a, a poor game they came out flat uh i don't i don't want to be like um the way other teams might respond to those losses and say, well, if only if, and if, if, right. if this had only happened, you know, what happened happened and more importantly, what didn't happen, didn't happen. Um, that, but you know, it was, they, there were some good things at the end. You could see that uh, Mac played a strong fourth quarter and brought them back within a field goal before uh, Taylor's big run and the defense uh, in the second half, again, before Taylor's big run. <laughs> right. Right. Put yeah, it, put Taylor. It there was there were some things to get uh, still still have some um, optimism about. Breaking news: Taylor's a really good back. I mean, that's anyone can see that. But before the sixty-seven yard run, and again, you can't throw out the sixty-seven yard run because, as I've stated before, the running game is a series of body blows. He was under four yards of carry, and you're containing him at that point. But kudos to the Colts, Scarcy, for only throwing it twelve times. So clearly, they must not have any faith in their quarterback, right? I spoiler: I don't think they have faith in their quarterback. But how'd you feel after the game, Scartelli? Well, I think you're required by NFL laws to call that a 67-yard scamper. <laughs> and it very much felt like the playoff loss to the Ravens from the 2009 season. Yes. Where just absolutely nothing went right. There was, you know, step on your dick and then shoot yourself in the foot. And that's, that's a combination that's hard to get back from. You're, you're down you're down by 20 points. You can't spot a good team 20 points and expect to win no matter how good you play the rest of the way. But it's, it's, it's over. It's done with. Um, everyone is, you know, looking forward to the Buffalo game coming up. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the correct approach that, uh, that uh, Mac Jones kid. It's like he was, uh, it's like he was created in a lab the way his uh, response to this was. You're plagiarizing yourself in the sports drunk uh, draw, Scratelli. 
Um, I, think I can do that. Uh, that's uh, that's not uh, that's not against the rules. That's so, Shaughnessy you, rule, right? You, you read the read the rule book. Huddle <laughs> it up and run it again, Scartelli. <laughs> the, the early the early leader in the clubhouse for title of this pod is um, step on your dick and shoot yourself in the foot. John, twenty seven to seventeen again in Indianapolis. Uh, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I, I remember texting you uh, at the first drive. You knew something was was going to be was going to be off on that game when the first drive of the, the night for the Patriots, they had the ball for about five minutes and gained 10 net yards. Uh, that, you know, that, that drive, that drive, that first drive fell apart with a penalty and a sack. Uh, but they were, they were, it was laborious. I mean, the Colts defense is good. You know, they're a well-coached team too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Karen Durgian, um, had her, you know, kind of warmed over stale piece in the Herald. Does this expose the Patriots as uh, fake contenders or something? And I'm thinking to myself, Wait, that wasn't the New England media pitch bot. Yeah, <laughs> she stole that from the pitch bot. I'm sure. The the I mean, you know, two good teams play. The Colts were favored. It was at home. It was a must win for the Colts. You know, they were on the fringes of the the playoff seating at the time. I mean, they had you know maybe more to play for. I mean, it was just one of those. One of those games, yeah. you know, was ba- Bailey their has Super the, Bowl, maybe, maybe their Super Bowl. It, 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 you know, they're they're probably in you know must win mode probably for the next couple of weeks at least. But the the you know the punt gets blocked. Mac Jones's pick at the end of the first half. I mean, a couple plays. Uh, you know, not to to you know go against what Dan was saying there, but you know, I'm I'm looking at those plays in the first half, and I'm like, the the way Mac played in the fourth quarter. It, I mean, if they were to play again, would you feel confident with the Patriots' chances? I would. You know, I mean, I, I respect the Colts. I think they've, like I said, especially on defense, I think they've put together a really good team. But in Taylor, as you said, is a is an exceptionally good running back. But you know, I like the way the Patriots match up with with really anybody in the AFC. It's so wide open in the AFC. Um, you're gonna you're gonna lose occasionally in the regular season when the games really count. We'll see what te- what kind of team they uh, that they roll out. There was some good news that came out of the uh, Indianapolis on Saturday night. No hookers were found dead, but Jim Irsay. So we have that going for us. Um, I want to go to let's let's get to the analytics talk here. Um, Tom Curran from the Patriots podcast with Tom Curran had on uh, a couple of days ago somebody named Frank Frigo, who actually is at the MIT Sloan Conference for the analytics. He had him on with Aaron Schatz. Exactly. Woohoo. Good job, Mike on Route One. So he had he, these guys on. They were talking about the decision whether or not to go for it on fourth and seven in the fourth quarter against the Colts with the Patriots trailing 20 to seven. So uh, this clip's about a, a minute and three quarters long. Uh, this is Frank Frigo and Aaron Schatz talking about that decision. When we look at <clears throat> the fourth and goal at the Indy seven, nine minutes left, Patriots are down 20 to seven. We're going to kick the field goal. Would you say to Bill that was the wrong thing to do? Or would you say, I get why you did it? I, I would say to Bill, and I have, because I've spent quite a bit of time with him Ugh. some years ago, <laughs> yeah. um, that there's very compelling evidence that it's more plausible that going for it is going to win about 4% more games on average, right? I, I would not be dogmatic and say it's right or wrong or you're stupid. I mean, mm-hmm. it's sacrilegious to second guess this guy, right? I mean, he's, you know, he, I don't have any Super Bowl rings. He does, you know. It's a very common sort of naysayer, cherry-picked argument where teams will say, well, we're not moving the ball well. Mm-hmm. You know, our offense just isn't doing it. That's, and that's, that's what I subscribe to. But the model will objectively use that assumption because you can't have it both ways. If you say my team's not very good at converting this, what are you really saying? Oh, we're going to give the ball away. We're going to, you know, punt or we're going to kick the field goal. Now we now that same offense that you didn't have confidence with on that transaction, you're counting on them to march down the field and get you two more scores. But we suck in the red zone, Frank. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, the that's model, the thing. But the model does capture all the red zone. Of course. As well. It's like the little granular shit that drives people crazy yeah. that, that we, and we get into, right? All right. So I, I, first of all, before I throw it to you, Mike, I really want to give a Ted Nation round of applause to NBC Takes Boston for using that really nice upscale pornography music as they frame their clips on Twitter. Uh, what are your thoughts on Frank Frigo? Frank Frigo's thoughts, by the way, really sick couple brags saying, oh, I've talked with Bill before, but uh, what are your thoughts on the analytics in this situation? And the 4% comment is what got me. Yeah, well, first, congratulations to, to Frank for being equals with 
with Bill, he's spoken with him quite a quite a bit. I want to give him the Christian Bale from the what was it the set of the Terminator, whatever the whatever. Oh, good for you! <laughs> like, wow. Um, yeah. So the four percent thing is ridiculous, and and saying that um, the all the model the model captures that. You know, that's kind of a weaselly way to phrase things. Um, the model doesn't capture the fact that the you know the Patriots defense had largely at that point solved yes. um, the issues they had earlier in the game. Wentz wasn't going to drive down and get, get seven. There was, there was no chance that was happening. Um, you know, the Patriots, you know, as we talked about in the first segment there, the Patriots played it correctly in that they had a chance on second and eight. Um, you know, the, it, it just, it, do, it, it does not account for game conditions. It doesn't account for anything. It doesn't account for opponent. It's just... Right. This is what teams have done in that situation with down by this many points. And, and how often do they win? That that's, that's what it accounts for. It doesn't account for, okay, you know, you've got, you've got a defensive end you can run at, you know, something like that, whatever, whatever it might be. They, they had burned a ton of plays down in that red area, a lot you know, due to their own uh, dick stepping, as, as we said. Uh, so it really is just it, to think that, Bill Belichick's institutional knowledge and his knowledge of his own team is not yes. worth whatever more than 4% is just the height of arrogance and insanity. And I, you know, they've lost their minds. I wasn't really aware that, that the, the analytics had taken over uh, to the extent because I'm largely kind of insular on Twitter. I'm not even like Pat's Twitter, really. I'm like Pat's media Twitter um, quote tweeting to 12 people that, that, are interested in, in listening to what I have to say. <laughs> so it's like, I didn't really know how, how crazy it had gotten as a larger thing. Um, so it, it's been shocking the last few weeks to see that, but um, yeah, I, it just, it's just unbelievably arrogant. And the fact that the media has kind of hopped on it now too, after year for dismissing it for years, once they've sensed that bill has kind of pushed against the analytics uh, and gone against that thing, something that's now conventional wisdom, that's the tell right there for me. One of the most infuriating things about that was Phil Perry basically shaking his fist and, you know, rooting for what Frank Frigo has to say. I think if we had 30 more seconds of that clip, Dan, uh, let me throw it to you first, John. I think if there was 30 more seconds uh, on that clip, Frank Frigo would have started bragging about his many leather-bound books and how his <laughs> the mother's basement smells of rich mahogany. So your thoughts on the analytics, John? I have several thoughts. I love what Mike on Route 1 hit there at the end. The, the tell is the media is enthusiastic about the, the quants because Belichick is yes. decidedly non-quant. You know, and, and although we've talked about the fact that Belichick is an OG uh, on analytics from you know, back in the day, but he's not Brendan Staley. Uh, he's not John, you know, Cur Cur Courage Harbaugh there uh, down in Baltimore. So uh, I think that's a great point Mike on Route 1 made. I, I will say I like I like the only thing I like about what Friga said there is he did cop to, I wouldn't have the audacity to tell Belichick it's the wrong thing to do, that any individual decision is the wrong thing to do. I think what bothers me the most with the quants is that they've got these models that we all think are, are garbage in, garbage out, and they land on the space of there is a right decision. And I just don't think that exists. I mean, if you look at this particular situation that we're talking about here the the win percentage the ben bot baldwin model which differs from other models apparently but but this is a, a popular model among the quants nine percent win probability for the patriots whether they kick or go for it right so you say to yourself well it's a toss-up decision fine whatever a lot of people thought it was an obvious decision bill should go for it the the probability in that in that model that they were gonna convert the fourth and seven was 33%. Now, I'd love to know how you get 33%. I don't know if anybody on this pod feels like they had a 33% chance of converting that. I think that's a little higher than I would have gone with, but fine, you know, you kick the field goal, you extend the game. Belichick's done this before. I think we all remember one particular example where he kicked the field goal down 19 points to make it a 16 yeah, that's point a game great in the fourth point. quarter, right? That's a great you know, point. So, so, I mean, to, to Mike on Route One's point as well, you know, the institutional knowledge of Bill Belichick versus the, the Ben Bott Baldwin model, right? That, you know, I'll take what Bill Belichick is selling over any of these quants any day of the week. The, the, but to the, the, the point, you know, the free good juxtaposition there, you know, the analytics people have become so insufferable uh, on, on there is a right decision. I just, I get, I just can't, 
I can't wrap my head around that. I appreciate what analytics are trying to do and probability and statistics. I took it in college, like, like all y'all probably did as well. And that every game though stands on its own. Every game has a uniqueness to it. Every game has matchups uh, that Mike on route one also just touched on, you know, the, the defensive end you want to run at every game is, is unique. And the idea that in, in football is a, is a game of small sample sizes, frankly, I mean, Lombardi made this point on his pod uh, where he tore into the analytics people and tore into Brendan Staley, you know, the, the, the sample size in football over the course of a season, 16, the baseball people got 162 games to play with right? Much bigger sample size in their game versus in football. So I just, you know, bringing that baseball humorless ghoul analytics thinking to football, I just, I'm just really struggling with that. And, and the, the arrogance and the hubris of it, Mike, uh, just, you know, it's really, uh, I'm just not feeling it whatsoever. I want to push back strongly on one point you made there, John. He wasn't demonstrating humility. Frank Frigo was not demonstrating humility there. When he said, well, I don't have eight Super Bowl rings, and I'm going to steal one of your old lines that you've been telling me for years. False modesty is the most contemptible form of conceit, and that's what's <laughs> on display there. Dan, your thoughts on the, the analytics argument that posited there by Frank Frigo from uh, The Simpsons, I evidently Scartelli, but we'll get to Scartelli next. Dan, your thoughts. He, Belichick coaches the game that he's actually part of, not some hypothetical one that's taking place in a vacuum. He, he, I, I don't think he dismisses the analytics, but they're, they're one of a thousand factors that go, that occur to him as, as he's trying to coach the game in real time. Um, I, I want to go to his explanation. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but his explanation the next day of, of that situation. And it, I thought it was rational and reasonable. Um, he, he said that um, he, he thought that there was enough time uh, for one, enough possessions to score 10 points. He said he didn't feel great about making yep. that conversion in that fourth and seven. Uh, he said, had the situation been different at such as less time, he'd go for it. And he factored in the high probability of making a 50 yard field goal in a dome. That's, that's taking everything into consideration, including the analytics. That's, that's how you want it to be. Uh, uh, again, uh, we're the row of chairs is all facing the same way there. Scartelli, uh, your thoughts on, on, uh, Simpsons character Frank Frigo, his uh, leather-bound books in his uh, mother's basement smelling of rich mahogany. I, I shouldn't do the mother's basement knock, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. They, they, they wouldn't have brought in Professor Frank if it wasn't, if he didn't bring the, you know, the cudgel bot 5,000 to use, as, use against Belichick. If the choice comes between, you know, Coach Belichick and uh, this absolute uh, cadre of football Bob McNamara is out there I'm going to go with the coach that's just how I'm going to play it Mike on route one uh, would the analytics community splooge themselves the way the Boston media did if Bill gave them an apology like he apologized to the Patriots media quote on Monday and that was a fucking embarrassing display of self-congratulation like he likes me he really likes me yeah um you know and I I wondered when I heard that, who was going to be the, you know, the first, the, 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 the slimiest person to get his rocks off about that. And a man who has been known to get his rocks off from coast to coast, allegedly, of course, is Dan Shaughnessy retweeting that is, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't hear much of what Dan see, says or, or, or what, see what he writes, but I saw that and I said, yeah, that, that, that figures, but you know, it really is, it, it's, it's justifying their two decades of frustration with the man and acknowledging that, Oh, you see, he treats us like crap. He knows he treats us like crap. This is uh, you know, this is him, um, you know, coming to us and, 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 and validating us. And, you know, I, I don't know why he did. He probably just felt like he probably felt like he was the kind of a dick to them. Um, I think they, they happen to deserve that and worse, but um, you know, that's neither here nor there. So, you know what he, he, they, they got what they wanted and uh, unfortunately, it may, makes them feel uh, a little bit more important. Um, and I, I wish they didn't feel that way about themselves because it is, as is often said, the, the most useless profession. Uh, again, the row of chairs facing the same direction. So Dan, we have the de facto, uh, likely the de facto AFC East championship game coming up at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Hard to believe it's a 1 p.m. game local time for a number of reasons, but uh, how do I'm... I'm, I'm going to hot take Sean McDermott's going to do something 
annoyingly hardo during that game. He's going to try <laughs> running the Philly special or something right. like that during that game. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Bills going to Foxborough for the de facto AFC East title game? Well, don't you know that's going to be the blueprint. Every team has to come up with a special play against the Patriots, and they're all going to call it the Patriot. So it's going to really be even more confusing. Buffalo's got to still prove that they're they're not soft. They've, they've got to prove that they can stop the run. I, there's no blueprint to follow because the Bills are nothing like the Colts. They're just not that same physical team that the Colts are. And they don't have anybody that's approaching the brilliance of Jonathan Taylor. Um, they could still win, but anyone can win in this, this league. But that mostly it's about the run. I want to see them stop the run first. And this time the Patriots are, aren't going to broadcast exactly what they're going to do. No, a thousand percent. If, if anybody watched the Buccaneers, the Bills Buccaneers game from a couple of weeks ago, the only way that Buffalo can win, at least to me, the uneducated observer, John, the only way the Bills can win is by beating, tabbing Josh Allen take an absolute beating. And he took an absolute beating in that game against Tampa. He might be enough for them to win, but the body blows he's taking, I, I just don't think the Bills are physical enough. He's, he's obviously talented, but yeah. um, your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's two good teams. You know, the line's going to be what I don't, I don't know. I'm, the Patriots are a very slight favorite in this. I mean, it's going to be a, a close game. I like Allen. He's a, he's a phenomenally talented physical player. Um, I can see why Bill's fans are so enthusiastic about him, but you're absolutely right, Mike. He is getting the absolute crap beaten out of him. And I know he's a big guy and I know he's able to withstand a lot of punishment like Cam Newton, uh, where the wheels fell off really fast. Um, I suspect Josh Allen's looking at that sort of career prognosis over time, but right now, you know, he's a, he's a heck of a player. Can he put, that kind of otherwise fairly average Bills team on his back and carry him uh, to victory? I would guess no, because I think Belichick's going to be able to scheme his way into, you know, slowing them down enough for the Patriots to pull it out. Cause I always think that Bill Belichick will find a way for the Patriots to pull it out anyway. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a hell of a game though. It's, 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 you know, two good teams and I like where the Patriots are at right now. The Bills are going to be down, Mike, uh, a couple of guys in the skill positions on Sunday. Cole, the unvaccinated Cole Beasley is definitely out. Um, the Bills running, the Bills troika of running backs, Brita, Moss, and Devin Singletary, you know, kind of middling group. Um, how do you see the game unfolding on Sunday? How do you feel about the matchup at home? Yeah, I, I have like I have three like possible outcomes, and I, this is uh, covering a lot a lot of you know, probably eighty five percent of possible outcomes here. So you know it's it's Patriots in a rock fight, Bills in a rock fight, Patriots in a blowout. Um, I I don't know why, but as I see, I have you know I'm like ah oh, geez they might not have Stevenson, Aguilar, Bourne. Um, you know sometimes when they're that undermanned for whatever reason, it doesn't play out like you think it's going to play out, which is uh, they're severely undermanned. They, they just show, especially after the week of practice they apparently had last week. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're going to be laser focused and I, uh, humans are bad at predicting things. And I'm one of those humans, but I kind of feel like we're headed for a dick stomping. And I think they're going to, they're going to uh, show, you know, that, that kind of, the way they, they alphaed the heck out of them up in Buffalo, I think it's going to be – they're going to have that kind of physical game, if not on the ground, uh, you know, through the air. Maybe we'll see uh, uh, Nikhil do his his thing again this week. But um, I, I think awesome. – I think they're going to – I think they're going to – I think they're going to kick their ass. But, um, you know, I've certainly been wrong a lot. But uh, – and I don't like predictions, but that's I, that's where I'm leaning. You know, I, I, I am cautiously optimistic on your side. It's It's a huge game. I imagine both teams will come out flying early. The Bills uh, broke their two-game losing streak after they lost to the Patriots. They lost in Tampa, and they beat what increasingly is a just a terrible Carolina team. Sorry, Cam Newton fans. It's it's OVA. It's over. Hey, hey, it was it's the Win Now Panthers. Just a couple months ago, it was the Win Now Panthers. I don't Gilmore, know what happened. Gilmore and Newton. How how could they lose? That's right. Um, Something really, you know, just really chapped my ass in the last couple of days. Ted Johnson, who is now part of the NBC Takes Boston family, spewing bullshit and misinformation um, intentionally, which is really sad considering his pedigree. His Twitter handle, John, his Twitter handle is at Teddy J Radio. He was a very good line professional linebacker. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. 
What does he take as his Twitter handle? Teddy J Radio. I didn't see it coming. Like, Kurt Schilling could kind of see he wanted to be a media superstar. Shannon Sharp, those guys. But Ted Johnson, one of the core guys of building the quote-unquote Patriot way. Um, let me play the audio first. This is Ted Johnson on NBC Takes Boston talking about Mac Jones. Um, I'll just play it and we can react. How about Mac Jones, though, calling the team out for bad practices during the week, saying we were feeling sorry for ourselves? Yeah. You think you have a theory on that? You know, I was, I was surprised by that because it was so off script for, for Mac Jones. He's always just kind of stuck to the script, cliche 101, and this time he went off script, and I was really surprised to hear him say that we were feeling sorry for themselves. About what? what you just came off of a bye week. Is it because you played on a Monday night and then you had to play on a Saturday night? Get over it, boys. It's, it's, it's you know, ring chasing time right now. You got, to, you got plenty of time in the offseason. You got more time than you ever had when I played. So you can uh, enjoy it then. So that was weird to me. And then him saying that they had bad weeks of practice, or they had bad practices this past week, and that their energy level was low. Who are you? You're a rookie. You're a rookie. Keep your mouth shut. All right? So that's not going to play well in the locker room. My feeling is Bill Belichick probably had him say it, Michael. I think Bill Belichick wanted the, the message to go through Mac Jones, call out his players, because it, be, it would be atypical of Bill this year to be come down really hard on this team. And so, to me, that was some orders from Bill, because I can't imagine Mac Jones going off script like he did, criticizing the team's energy and their preparation going into this week. When you're a rookie quarterback, you're not supposed to say stuff like that. And I'd like to give credit again to the NBC Takes Boston uh, media team there with the dramatic upscale porn music, the husband's coming up the stairs and the lover's putting on his belt. Uh, John, before you count the contradictions in that audio, and it's it really is infuriating, Mike on Route 1 refers to that in the past as varsity jacket syndrome. But I think it's really, it's a combination of varsity jacket syndrome and dancing for Felcher. Sorry. I mean, go ahead, react to that. It was a just a plate of word vomit. I mean, it was just fucking awful. And, and you know, it's, to me, uh, varsity jacket syndrome or the old Stalin useful idiot syndrome. I mean, what are the radio guys going to do? They're going to throw out a fishing line for a useful idiot ex-player who's going to say stupid shit about Belichick and the team. And congratulations, Ted Johnson. You're the guy, right? I mean, it, he's got the, the pedigree for the casual because he used to play for Belichick and, and, you know, he won those rings. Congratulations. He was a great player, but nothing he said there made any sense. It was just a bunch of conjecture. I mean, if you're in, if you're in media, if you're in sports like Teddy J radio there, why don't you get the answers to the questions, the, the straw men that you're throwing out there? It's just, it's, it's pathetic, but it's what you'd expect for that show. Yeah, it, it really is. I'm trolling the worst of the worst. I, I, part of me feels bad for Teddy Johnson because as Scartelli has posited in the past, his, it, he played in an era where it's very possible that the CTE is just kicking in now. Scartelli, your thoughts on um, on Teddy J Radio's words. The talking radio man wannabe Ted Johnson kind of sad. Oh, geez. I don't want to, you know, don't want to steal any of Mike on Route One's thunder. So I'm just going to say it's there's there's a lot of the fact that uh, that Coach Bill, you know, allegedly tried to uh, talk Teddy out of wearing the icky no contact jersey. You don't want to wear that icky no contact jersey, do you, Teddy? Come on, get in there and play the game. But again, that's as much conjecture as uh, as Ted was doing, saying that oh yeah, this came from this came from Bill because you know otherwise why would a why would a rookie say this? Well, there's, there's a rookie, and then there's the. You, the rookie starting quarterback who's yeah, gotten the much. team to you know nine wins so far he, he's he's got the team behind him scarcy i think you can say pretty much anything you want as long as you end with i'm just asking the question listener uh <laughs> that, that is right that is right dan uh your thoughts on on teddy j radio well consider the premise he's trying to sell there he's 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 saying that bill mess bill belichick has a message he wants to send to his team but that he's A, unwilling to say it directly to the team himself, <laughs> B, that he believes the message will be better delivered through his rookie quarterback, and C, that he wants that rookie quarterback to deliver the message, not in the locker room, but through the, but through the media. I mean, that sounds exactly like the Bill Belichick I know, afraid of direct confrontation. <laughs> I have to say that some of my Seahawks fans out here were texting me during the game about they call Mac Jones and it's almost Imus ease, Mike. They they call him a howdy duty looking doofus and it's somewhat appropriate and in, in, in right and it makes me laugh. But the Ted Johnson stuff, I hope the appropriate amount of disdain I'm um, expressing my voice for Teddy J Radio. Uh, you know, really great player. 
and really bad media. Just tap dancing for Felcher. Good, Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I have written here my illegible chicken scratch. Uh, when I was listening to that, I wrote letter jacket. That's yeah. exactly what I wrote. And it's, uh, you know, it's the when I played like just like ugh, he's he's gross. But, you know, I like, credit to Ted. He is he is crushing it over there at NBC Sports Project, crushing it up into a very, very, very fine powder. He's crushing it up. Satire. Yes. Yes. In my opinion. Uh, but, you know, we are what, uh, three years away now or two, uh, two and a half. Yeah. Three years away from the 20th anniversary of the 04 team. So I look forward to hopefully um, that reunion and, and Vince Woolfork um, yes. having a couple of belts and throwing him up against the wall. Please, just please let that happen. Laundry it card. To happen. <laughs> he's, just, he's, just, he's just a loser. I, I, that guy, you know, like you said, the, the useful idiot. And it's not going to play. That's not going to play well in the locker room. It's just is really kind of the, the head scratcher there. Um, then, then why would he have, have said it if it's not going to play well? And why did, would Bill directed him to say if it's not going to play well in the locker room? Uh, How just, could Mac Jones go off script if he's telling him what Bill said? To, Bill right, told him to right, say. I mean, this, right, right. you know, one it's of these un- the pieces don't fit. Yeah, the contradictions are, are myriad. Taking it seriously, it's like you know, are you taking him literally or figuratively? Right? It's like. It, it's just it was just vomit right i mean it's to, to scarzi's point you know this is the this is the time when the cte starts to show for players of that era so i mean thoughts and prayers to teddy j radio yeah for those who don't know um ted johnson putting his intelligence on display went on houston radio and spoke uh, ill of uh, vince wilford's wife bianca and i believe he referred to her and i'm paraphrasing here as the ugliest wife on the team so I also look forward to the 04 team and Vince maybe getting reacquainted with Teddy J radio. Um, There's only one Teddy and it's spelled with one D. So he should not call himself Teddy. Amen. <laughs> amen to that, Scartel. I thought amen. you were going to say Sarandis. I, I thought you were going with Sarandis there. It's a Ted <laughs> Nation. Uh, Mike, uh, the Patriots Media Good Guy Award was given out today. Uh, since Ben Volan couldn't vote for any felons, um, who was, who was, the Volan was in Miami. Who was uh, Richie Incognito? He voted for the, give the Media Good Guy Award right. for the Dolphins. Um, the Patriots Ron Hobson Media Good Guy Award was given to Matt Judon. Uh, how much should Bill Belichick find Judon for cooperating to that level with the media? Is he the next Yappa Yappa? Well, um, the uh, so it, a couple things there. You know, it's, it's kind of the, the quality I think has gone down over the last couple of years. It started out Slater. Uh, Slater McCourty, James White, which are legitimately good guys, yep. um, went to Stefan Gilmore. And that feels like it's a it's a little tick toward he says good things to me uh, when the microphones are off. Yep. Then it goes to Cam Newton, which, you know, yappa yappa. Judon, no, I, and I know I, I've, I've overly praised Judon here. Um, he actually made the Pro Bowl. I just saw. So I, I didn't see anybody else who made it for the Patriots, but um Good for him, and hopefully we can stop tweeting about that now. But um, yeah, no, that's what they like. They like somebody who's going to go up there and bust balls with them, and you know, tickle their tickle their nuts, and and, and laugh at their jokes, and uh, you know, so th- that's fine. I, I don't think it's indicative of anything uh, in particular. Um, but you know, I, I will confess there was a, a play that Judon made the other night, and he got he got up the field again at one spot and i and i i and i i felt the the allure of, of how these idiots who talk on the radio for, for you know 20 hours a week must feel and my brain said adelius judon and i'm like what are you what are you doing? <laughs> like just stop but i felt like the draws of the draw of the take you know it was it was like the, the the one ring and i just felt the pull of it i couldn't i couldn't help myself but now he he's great and and, and good, good for judon let's just you know congrats on the pro bowl if he if they let Allen get out to his right, and they only did it a couple of times uh, in the game at Buffalo, if they let Allen get out to his right, I'm going to be pulling out whatever's little is left of the hair on top of my head on Sunday. But uh, rush lane integrity, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. We'll discuss it after the game. Um, so the Patriots meet a good guy award went to Judon, and I part of me has to laugh because the two people that almost an insider Greg Bedard ripped on for being good guys before they came in have won two out of the last three. Actually, the three out of the last three awards, Stefan mumbling Gilmore, Cam the ha- Mad Hatter Newton, and now Matt the pain in the ass Judon. So 
Does that guy know his fucking stuff or what? Greg Bedard, another Ted Ration round of applause. You ignorant slut. Um, John, Tom Brady. No one loves the I heard of him's more than Tom Brady. Tom Brady probably is a, on the uh, Bucks media Reddit forum because the Bucks, uh, Bucks general manager Tom Brady signed Le'Veon Bell today. So that's he's assembling the 2016 All Pro team. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Tommy the GM? Is it killing Tommy the quarterback? Yeah. You know, my favorite aspect on this is how it just absolutely cucks Arians, right? Like if there was any doubt that Brady is the shot caller down there, probably went down there with that, like a very firm expectation that he would be the shot caller. You know, they, they, he, he single-handedly rewired their offense, you know, a month and a half into the season last year when they were scuffling and went to the, the, the Patriots Earhart Perkins offense and away from the area, you know, away from the Bruce Arians, chuck it and duck it sort of offense. Um, now you've no got risk it, no biscuit, right? Exactly. And then you've got, you know, all the stuff Arian said about Antonio Brown, you know, one strike away. And we don't, we don't want a guy like that around here. We need a guy like that around here. He's out there, you know, committing federal crimes with counterfeit vaccination cards and, and all that stuff about one strike. And we don't want a guy like that around here. He's welcome back with open arms. And I, I suppose you could kind of hide behind the, you know, Godwin's hurt and they've, they're thinned out at wide receiver uh, for the rest of the season. But Tom Brady wants Antonio Brown and Bruce Arians is going to take it. He's just going to take it. And Tom Brady probably wanted Le'Veon Bell because he's a veteran who he can trust. And Bruce Arians, who had him in that Pittsburgh locker room, gets to take it again. Right. So, Bruce, good luck. You know, Tom, good luck to you. You know what the irony is? Tom Brady is exhibiting Drew Bledsoe level, um, you know, decision making skills off the football field and vouching for the character of, of guys like Antonio Brown. Tom Brady was on the Patriots team when Antonio Brown took a video live in the locker room when Tomlin was giving his speech. I mean, I mean, Tommy wants the stat hump and, you know, he's the greatest of all time. You know, no one could take that away from him, but man, it's just, I don't know if the Botox is going to his brain or if the hair plugs are in a little bit too deep, but you know, Tommy, man, I mean, desperate times call for, for desperate measures. But I, you know, Steven Jackson was once a Patriot once upon a time, but man, it, the next couple of the Bucks are reeling. Um, they'll make the playoffs, but maybe the, the, their chase for the number one seed has been put aside. So uh, enough on Tommy. We have some emails, guys. Uh, a couple of good ones. Uh, Vinny sent us a couple of emails. And since we haven't had, uh, we haven't been on in two weeks, the first couple of emails go back to the Buffalo game. Uh, this is from Garrett. And I really like this email a lot, Garrett. Uh, he wants to try to kill the narrative that Bill did not trust Mac Jones against Buffalo and that he thinks Bill's game plan was two-pronged. One, he dared Buffalo to stop the run. He dared Josh Allen to march down the field in the teeth of a windstorm. And he, he points out accurately that the Bills were 0 for 2 there, minus a, add a couple of style points for the majestic spirals of one Josh Allen. Um, why did he call for a zero blitz on fourth down when the Patriots were leading 14-10? And he posits it's hypothetically, if Allen gets the touchdown there, the Patriots then have to march down the field and get the game tying or game winning field goal there with about a buck 45 left in the clock, leaving out they could have scored a two-point conversion. And Garrett rightfully points out, in my opinion, that he called the blitz knowing if they did give up the touchdown with a minimum of coverage, that he believes in Mac to be able to lead the team down the field. And Bill has confidence in him. He posits it actually has confidence in Mac on that. So... I like that email. Garrett, thank you for sending that email in. Uh, the next email is, is from, let's see, it's from Humphreys. And, you know, he sends it, he appreciates the pod. And he goes right in our wheelhouse here. He, he thinks that uh, he compares that game, uh, the game against Buffalo. Um, he knew that the play action was right for the taping and would actually increase the win percentage, but decided to keep running to mess with the long-term psyche of Bills and McDermott. Don't hate that theory. Uh, not too different than a Marty sinking the charges in 2006 by trying to avoid playing Marty ball, which is absolutely the case in that game. If you go back and look at uh, complaining in Tomlinson's stats in that game, he was ripping them up in the first hat. And he didn't, he didn't have the, the stick-to-itiveness, he being Schottenheimer, to stick with them in that game. And he goes, this has the potential for Bill to pull a Costanza and do the opposite when they play Buffalo this weekend. Just do the opposite, you know, trust, except you're actually trusting your instincts here instead of doing Costanza. 
Um, he agrees it has nothing to do with Mac. It was game plan specific, and they didn't respect the Bills on the ground. And the Patriots didn't think the Bills could store enough, and it would be a much greater F you when the Pats held on. Um, and Humphreys, thank you very much for that email. Vinny has a couple. Um, I'll make it very quick. He wants us to compare the, the, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, uh, did he perform well as a WWE champion in 1996, given the circumstances of the NWO letting it up? Listen, Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest chips of all time. Uh, the NWO, I'm NWO for life. We'll just leave it there. Vinny wants to know about the run defense. Um, tackle better. That's all I can say. Tackle better. Um, they're going to play well this weekend. Mike and Mike and Root one and I both vouch for them this weekend. So. Uh, thank you for the emails. Entitletown at gmail.com is uh, the email address. And we'll go to the, uh, let's start the sports reporters version of this podcast. And by popular demand, we're going to lead off with John Irons. John oh. Irons does not have to follow a mic drop moment. So John, in the spirit of today's podcast, you're going to lead off and step on your dick. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to thank the people have spoken. I saw the poll. I very much appreciate There was even a decent number of votes in that poll. Thank you for your faith in me and not making me follow up all these guys who, who put actual real thought into their final thoughts. Um, I want to start in typical team mom fashion, things to be grateful for. And, you know, this is the Christmas season. And it does remind us it is, you know, there's so much in our lives to be grateful for. And certainly all of us, we have our things to be grateful for. Look back to last year, this time last year, Cam Newton was our quarterback, heading toward a seven and nine season. Look back to August, the Patriots lost a Tuesday practice to the Eagles. Times looked dark, but then Mac Jones came on. Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick. The Patriots are still the Patriots fans all over the country their brains are being broken by all the things the Patriots are doing we are so fortunate to have this team that we root for this team I love the fact that we get together and we talk about this team I love the fact we get great emails from folks who write in and, and ask us to talk more about this team it is uh, a joyous time and I want to juxtapose that as we used clips from Teddy J Radio and Curran Professor Frank, juxtapose that with the way the team is covered and don't get caught up in it. Make your New Year's resolution 2022. You're going to be optimistic on this team, optimistic on where it's going, and don't let the medias on radio and in the newspapers bring you down. That's it. A little late with the music there, John, but well done. <laughs> well done. Yeah, you dub that in. I was thinking a little, you know, Johnny Mathis in the background. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to get Shaq on the horn when we get off off the pod here. <laughs> Scartelli, you're in the uh, the number two position, the Pejoria position. Uh, your, your your sports reporter's moment for today's pod. All right. As as I see it, I uh, didn't get my chance to get my two cents on how things are going to go on Sunday. So I'm going to put that in here. I, I see this being a uh, dark place phone booth rock fight game <laughs> and if and if everything goes the way i think it will we can uh, get a return to the four downs next uh, next podcast that was that was a true tragedy <laughs> from losing the four downs with am, I, am i stupid am i dumb I, I didn't realize that the reason we didn't have a four downs is because they lost that's the bet uh, yeah i'm not i'm not very quick i'm sorry <laughs> thanks for explaining the joke yeah <laughs> it makes it better now <laughs> I, I didn't realize it. yeah explaining the joke is just proof that it's a hilarious wacky bit so <laughs> thanks thanks there mike on route one uh dan sports reporter moment uh go ahead dan no nothing too drawn out I just have a question for the panel. Uh, if Hill and Kelsey can't play, where, what do you put the odds at the league pushing that game out for the Chiefs? Uh, 100%. Oh, you know what? Let me just say on that, too. It is so epic Chief fan that they've already forgotten the fact that they played the Packers when they started Jordan Lance at quarterback. Yeah, Jordan Lance. And... <laughs> and now they want their team, but because their team's getting hosed with a COVID situation, they think the game's getting pushed out. Come on. I mean, that Not is to so... Hoyer a year ago. I'm sorry? Not to mention Hoyer a year ago. Oh, God, right. absolutely. And, and yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just so... Epic the day of the game. game. Yeah, yeah. Like the Raiders sitting on a tarmac, you know, waiting to play that game again a few days ago. Um, 
great points. Um, Mike, uh, you're on the clock. Yeah, um, if if I may, you know, I do have, um, I'm sure that not unlike myself, uh, many of us have not done our shopping yet. So I do have a few uh, last minute gift ideas. Am I right, fellas? Uh, we know how, how it is this time of year. Uh, more like stressmas, right? So uh, a brief <laughs> gift guide, if I if I may. Um, these will be good for anyone that's that's in sports. So the first thing is a uh, 15% off coupon for Simply Safe. The nice men from Sports <laughs> Illustrated can't take away your laptop if your home is secure. You can just keep tweeting like you're still employed, and I can assure you, no one will be able to tell the difference. Simply use the coupon code PU. That's P U G H at checkout. Uh, the next thing, maybe for, for the tykes in your life, uh, a beautiful Papa book. Uh, this is perfect for early readers as well as the football fan in your life. Um, this book has a pop-up of every NFL stadium in the NFL, including the never-before-photographed Lambeau Field. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I can break uh, kayfabe for a minute there. That tweet was insane from Ben Volan. Uh, for anyone who didn't see, he thought he, he said that he agreed with Harbaugh's decision because they were on... Um, they were on the road. Um, it, 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 uh -huh. I get that football fields are like, you know, this little weird. It's not like looking at like 1980 baseball stadiums where you're like Royal Stadium, you know, like it's an easy thing to spot. But good God, man. Um, the next point, thing was the point. The point remains, though, Mike. Mike, yeah, oh, the point, the yeah, point remains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next thing is I can't. A can of Kiwi Polish number five, Midnight Black. Uh, you need to look sharp when pouting on the bench because your elite weapons are gone. Um, whether you're emo or goth, cover up that gray and the big sads with Kiwi Polish number five. Perfect for anyone in the family, including your stage dad. Uh, I know this one is a little veiled, but uh, hence I'm talking about Tom Benet Ramsey Sr. there at the end. Um, <laughs> do the math. Uh, finally, I have some gifts that might be more appropriate for other people. This is not meant for anyone in particular, certainly no one on this podcast. So the first is a vouch to conclusions map. Um, when you feel like vouching, you can put this map on the ground and jump to one of two conclusions. On one side, it reads, not a vouch. And on the other side, it reads, not a vouch. <laughs> the next is a handy algorithm that changes the letter, the letter G in your tweet to a B. And that is only effective after Sunday on December 31st. And it expires the next morning. I don't know what that's about, but sounds interesting if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, like the butter. next item we have here is a signed copy of Spygate, The Untold Story by Brian O'Leary. I have not read it yet, but it does have four and a half stars on Amazon. I'm not even joking uh, that the hardcover edition is $157. Uh, so go look it up yourself. I'm not making that up. It's not a bit. Life is not a bit. Uh, if that doesn't make you believe that we are the in the worst. copy is a signed copy. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. If, you know, if, if that doesn't make you think we're in the worst timeline, I don't know what will. That's just the end. Uh, finally, tonight, uh, a, an item I've personally crafted myself. Um, I'm sure we all remember the, the California Raisins stop motion animated Christmas special. And using that same technology, I've, I've recreated the final minutes of game seven of the 1981 Eastern Conference finals. <laughs> Everything from bird coming to the left, stop and pop off the glass up and up to Bobby Jones. Uh, tossing it off the glass, the backboard. Um, it's pretty special, um, a wonderful little, and I'm doing is actually as an NFT. Um, so it's really great. It's perfect for anyone, you know, who's living in the past and uh, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. That's the nicest gift I've ever received. <laughs> we, we need, we need more NFT humor in this. I'm definitely down with your yeah, hip. We're hip. <laughs> we Lock chain, am I right? <laughs> I, it looks like I'm in the in John's position in the uh, the sports reporters part tonight. Uh, I already gave my first Christmas wish. Please do not let Josh Allen out of the pocket to his right. Uh, my second wish is to have a a meteor of the Baltimore member media horde in Coach Harborough. Will they please ask him after Tyler Huntley played so well against the Packers last Sunday? And yeah, California Bill and Sal, it's still not Brett Hundley. It's Tyler Huntley. But you guys probably think all, all the quarterbacks look alike. So that, that's neither here nor there. Is Lamar Jackson the system quarterback? I'm just asking the question, caller. Would you rather, John and I talked about earlier this week, would you rather have Tyler Huntley for a couple of million dollars a year or a Mahomes-level contract for Lamar Jackson? I'm just asking the question. Um, my real final thought is, when I ask you to turn off your radios, it's a request. But 
yeah, it's a request, but it's more of a mindset. And I absolutely recommend that you turn off the hearing aids on 98.5. And since most people have already done that with WEI, they are irrelevant. I'm sending holiday thanks to everybody who has turned off the radio. But I'm asking Patriots fans, real Patriots fans, real fans of the team who enjoy the team's success. Um, and you're not the cosplaying huge Pats fans butts crowd that worship the talking radio men. Don't reward intellectual dishonesty. Deny, the deny them the click on their clickbait. And so that's nearly the entirety of the Globe, Herald, NBC Takes Boston, and Nesson rosters. For those of us who do consume that garbage, and that's what it is, it's, it's garbage. Uh, you're a part of the problem. And you know what? I'm part of the problem as well. It's long been a part of my inner dialogue. Am I actually, are we doing them a favor as a podcast by shining a light on their, their trolling, intellectually dishonest bullshit? There is no media ombudsman in Boston. You know, spare me, Chad Finn, child, please. Um, there's no one there to call bullshit when bullshit needs to be called. Uh, I posited that being the Christmas season, a wise man once referred to the Boston sports media as a backslapping cesspool. And, you know, I believe that to be true. They are actually laughing at their customers. They have contempt for their consumers. They don't like you. So deny them the click, deny them the listen. Um, and I want to send out, I'm thankful for something as well. I'm thankful for the guys on the pod here, party of five, and I'm thankful for the entitled weekend guys as well. They've helped narrow the focus to what resonates with us. You know what resonates with us at the core of all this stuff? And we can, you know, the cherry on top is being able to laugh at Ben Volan and, you know, the, the stupid stuff that always comes out of Greg Bedard's mind. I had no clue. But the games are what resonates with us. The games are entertaining. You know, we love football. We love sports. All of us do. And despite the loss last week, um, this has been a great season. Let's not lose the light. It's been a great season. And hopefully the best is ahead. Don't allow yourself to be gaslit, gaslighted, gaslit. I'm not sure what the, the correct version of that word is. But, you know, that we can hold up a, a mirror to the worst of the Boston sports media and have laughs doing it, genuine laughs. And we enjoy each other's company when we do this podcast. And I hope you enjoy listening as well. Um, you know, it is that cherry on top. It's, it's, it's what keeps us going. I look forward to doing the pod. And you know what? I can't wait for the AFC Championship game on Sunday. And we'll have a wrap-up pod early next week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that John Irons on Twitter. Pat Scartell, the purveyor of the sports drunk draw. In this town, one. Uh, the poet laureate of entitled town. As well as uh, gift giver supreme. Dan is at Patriots Daily. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I gave him the Twitter arrows. Merry Christmas to everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy your loved ones. And as always, Merry Christmas and turn off your radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. Let's not overdo it. What do you mean overdo it? We want to say it. Now wait a minute, boys. Yeah, cut it. Why can't we say it? Alvin, cut that. Alvin, cut that. Wait, 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 w